And so he went into the living room and looked out of the, the living room window out to the front porch where the porch swing was. And there was a little girl on the porch swing, just swinging, just minding her business. And he's like, what? It's like three o'clock in the morning. What are you doing? 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 Hello, and thank you for tuning in to episode 34 of Your Ghost Stories. Today, we have a guy named Dylan Atkins from Huntsville in the USA. I love chatting with him and know that you're going to love this episode. Before we get started with today's show, I do have an announcement to make. Sadly, Nigel will no longer be co-hosting this podcast with me due to time restraints and juggling other commitments. I know this does change up the dynamic of the show, and a lot of you guys listening enjoyed the chemistry between us. But for now, it will just be me working on the podcast. But that being said, I still plan to be very consistent with uploading weekly episodes and will continue to secure awesome guests to keep having these fascinating conversations. More than ever, your support of the show means a lot. And I can't thank each and every single one of you for simply hitting follow on either Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you may be listening. This small gesture helps the show grow more than you could know. Which in turn means that I can put more time, more money and more effort into this show to make it as entertaining as possible for you. If you haven't already, please come and find us on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, or YouTube by searching the tag at Your Ghost Stories Podcast. You can also find a link to all of the socials or get in touch from the website yourghoststoriespodcast.com. On with the show. Your Ghost Stories. Your Ghost Stories. Welcome to the show, Dylan. You reached out to me via email and I've got to say, you certainly intrigued me. Now, I don't know anything about what you have to share other than that you come from a family that have experienced lots of strange things. And you also said in your email that you've seen apparitions and what you'd describe as demons. Mm -hmm. You said this was too difficult to retell your stories via email. Uh, So that being said, we had to get you on as a guest to find out more. So please. Tell us a little bit about yourself and take us back to the start of your paranormal journey. Well, first, thanks for having me on. Um, I love the show. You guys do a great job. So I am uh, very excited to be a part, a little small part of it uh, today. But um, yeah, my name is Dylan Atkins. I'm from uh, uh, Alabama in the United States. And um, I uh, currently am a robotics programmer at Blue Origin, uh, Jeff Bezos' aerospace company. Um, my paranormal, I guess, journey started, um, from birth, really. Uh, I remember growing up far back as I can remember and, uh, laying in bed, trying to get to sleep 
And, you know, that feeling you get when there's just somebody in the room with you, but there's somebody staring at you, I guess I should say, just that eerie feeling like there's a presence behind me and I don't want to turn around and see who it is. Um, I had that all the time growing up, just in my normal, you know, everyday life. Uh, but, and so it's always been around, but, uh, you know, talking to my family members, it's been going on since, you know, long before me, you know, my mom has experiences, uh, my aunts, uh, my dad's even seen some stuff. Um, but, uh, I would say probably my earliest experience that really solidified the fact that I believe there's something else out there that I can't necessarily see all the time was, um, at my grandparents' house. I don't remember exactly how old I was. I was pretty young. I was probably, you know, six or seven, maybe. And uh, I was staying in what used to be my mom's bedroom at my grandmother, uh, my grandparents' house. And uh, just eerie feeling, same as normal, I guess. Uh, felt like I could hear things talking that wasn't necessarily there. Um, but uh, the dresser, it was a fairly large house, so they had an intercom system. And that'll play in in a minute. But the, the dresser was up against the wall opposite of what the bed was on. Uh, opposite the wall that the bed was on and uh that dresser just randomly it had to be probably three four o'clock in the morning and i just woke up completely awake you know how everybody says you know you wake up from a dead sleep i was completely awake and uh about a minute later that dresser it's an older dresser probably from the i don't know 70s or early 80s i guess uh, just started shaking violently and there's nothing there to shake it. And I'm not shaking doors aren't shaking. It's just the dresser by itself is shaking just very loudly, very violently. And, um, the only thing I could think to do was, was, you know, call my grandparents. The problem was the intercom to call them was on that dresser. Uh, and I wasn't about to touch the dresser, but I had to go past the dresser to get to the bedroom door. So, I jumped from the bed to the door. So in one one nice smooth sleep, I went from the bed to the door, opened the door and out the door downstairs to my parent, uh, grandparents' bedroom. And uh, I stayed down there the rest of the night. That was my first really seeing and experiencing something besides just a creepy, weird feeling. Uh, and that's what told me there's other things out there besides just what I can what I can see, I guess, in the physical world. So tell us a little bit more about your family experiences as well. Yeah. Um, in that same house, um, in the same house when my mom was growing up, uh, my parent, uh, grandparents' room was downstairs. Uh, my mom's room and her sister's rooms, my aunts, were upstairs. And my grandparents, this was told to me by my grandmother. Um, and my mom uh, corroborated it later on. I asked her about it uh, when I was an adult. But anyway, the my grandparents were laying downstairs in their bed, reading or you know doing whatever. Um, my mom and my other uh, aunt Terry were were in their rooms, and my aunt Sherry, who was the, is the oldest out of the three, um, wasn't home. She was out somewhere, and my grandparents heard the front door open and shut footsteps going through the foyer and then down the hall into her room, the door shut rustling around, you know, getting changed, whatever doors open and shut and all that. 
Um, and then about an hour later, I think, uh, they heard the door open again, footsteps, the whole thing again, the whole, the whole bit all over again, uh, to which they were, I guess a little taken back. So they, my, my grandparents went up to, to my aunt Sherry's room and knocked on the door and she came to the door and she, they said, when did you get home? And she said, uh, just now. He said, well, an hour ago or however long before it was, we heard you come home and, and, and all the same stuff. He said, no, I just got home. So they heard this, whatever it was, mimicking my uh, Aunt Sherry's coming home an hour before she actually got home. Uh, so that was one story from, from uh, my family experiences in that house. Um, another one, just real quick one was, um, I want to say it was my aunt Sherry and my aunt Terry were in the, the bathroom getting ready, doing their hair and makeup. I think they were going, going out to do, you know, whatever they did when they were teenagers. And, um, a hand, a, like a man's hand pushed the door open. It was already kind of cracked from what I understand. And it came through and reached and tried to grab one of them's hair. To which they freaked out and, and 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 jumped back and everything, and they opened the door and there wasn't anybody there. Uh, that was when I was told. Um, there's been more, but I can't fully remember all of them. But <laughs> that's the two that come to my mind first. The scary thing is, is the amount of people that have had the experience of a trick to a trickster spirit. Sorry, of a spirit throwing their voice. I'm not sure if you ever heard, if you heard our first ever episode, but this exact yep. same thing happened to me. And the same thing happened to my sisters with the hand in a house we lived when we were younger. A, a witch's really? hand came through the door. I'm not sure if I mentioned it. I'm going to get my sister on one day. She's been saying she wants to come on. But yeah, both my sisters in the same room saw that, that hand come through the door. That's crazy. Fascinating stuff. Um, yeah. there's, there's always so much more weight to a story when more than one person experiences it. But when yeah. you have a whole family of people having the same experience that really does say something so mm -hmm. why do you think your family are affected by these paranormal experiences more than others do you think perhaps uh you have some kind of medium abilities in your genes or do you think it's something about the house in particular i think um i don't think it's necessarily any any kind of uh medium ability or, or anything like that or even the houses, I think that it's because, you know, some other stories are in places that are the most random places you would think to see things. But um, I think it's it's really maybe we have a connection with these other areas of existence when we're born. And maybe as we get older and we, we, we tell our parents about the imaginary friend or about the, you know, oh, I saw this thing and they say, no, that's not real. We grow up maybe kind of shutting that stuff out to where we don't notice it anymore or if we do we're able to explain it away and we just don't pay attention anymore and my my uh my mom and her uh sisters in particular and myself uh were raised um when we had those experiences they were not discounted uh they they, they were i wouldn't say that they were corroborated or or, or anything like that it was just it wasn't, we were not told, well, that's not real. Um, and so maybe 
we just kind of retained that natural ability to experience and come in contact with with the other physical just not tangible maybe um beings that are that are out there i think that's to me that's my explanation for it anyway (laughs) you really don't strike me as the typical believer in the paranormal whatever that may be i think as time progresses that kind of um thing that people imagine or that person that people imagine as somebody that believes in the paranormal is is fading away and i think now that technology is so advanced and we can have video calls like this and yeah. and and podcasts we we start to realize that it's it's such a range of people that are having these experiences not just some crazy person <laughs> who's yeah you know um but yeah for so for people listening uh, I'm currently sitting on a call with Dylan and I can see, you know, he's a well-built guy. You, you know, you look like a sensible guy. And as you heard from the beginning of the call, you sound like you have a great job as well. Um, so, yeah, uh, it's just. It's it's crazy that uh, just hearing all these experiences, we're, we're only. 33 episodes in and um, yep. all the similarities that are coming together as well. Um, is is just blowing my mind the amount of people that have such similar experiences and i'm not sure if we'll ever get to the bottom of what is happening but damn i'd love to find out (laughs) (laughs) i I agree and thank you for the compliments by the way (laughs) very nice uh but uh yeah i don't i don't know if i would want to get to the bottom of it to be honest i think that the mystery is part of the what attracts people to the the paranormal world and maybe if we if we were somehow, you know, through science and technology and, and whatever else are able to get to the bottom of the, the, the mystery that is these paranormal things, uh, experiences, it wouldn't be as attractive. I think it's it's the fear of the unknown that attracts people to it. Same reason we go see horror movies. You know, we like to be scared as people, I think, for the most part. Anyway, you know, some people don't like that, you know, but I, I like I like a little bit of thrill, you know, a little bit of adrenaline. So I, th- I think I'd like it to stay a little bit mysterious, uh, personally. If you had to say, now, this is going to be a really hard question. What do you think is going on? What happens after we die? Well, I'm a, I'm a Christian, so I believe that, um, you know, when I when I finally take a dirt nap, I'm going to go to heaven. Um, and I believe that's true for for anybody that that you know b- believes in uh, in Jesus Christ and God and all that. Um, I think though that I don't think that heaven is this place in the clouds and hell is at the center of the earth. I think that they are different dimensions, just as physical as the one we live in. And I think that that's true for everything that we experience so when we see apparitions or we see you know what we may define as demons or 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 anything like that i think maybe we're not necessarily seeing a remnant of something that used to be or seeing something visiting our our plane of existence maybe we're getting to catch a glimpse of the other um dimension 
that's running parallel to us. We just don't get to see, you know, our vision physically um, is limited. You know, our, our spectrum of what we can see in terms of light and all that stuff is pretty limited. There's a whole lot of light that our eyes can't process. So there could be things that just operate on a different um, light spectrum than what we do standing right next to us and we just can't see it. And then every now and then, maybe for whatever reason, they come into contact for a second and you see that apparition walking across the room or or you see the, the terrifying thing in the corner or what, you know, whatever it is, or the voice that seems to come from nowhere. Um, I think that there are spirits that do operate in our uh, plane of sight and, and, and understanding. And they like to mess with us. Um, they like to terrify us or, you know, play jokes on us. Like you say, a trickster, things like that, that, that like to just watch us get freaked out for a second and then they you know they 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 get their their little jolly off of it and they they run along you know um i think it's just, it's such a huge world a huge world and huge existence i mean you look at how big space is you know there's so many planets so many galaxies so many things like there's a lot of things out there we don't understand and this is just one of them <laughs> i love that and i think that's a really really great answer now, I'm not, I'm not religious, but from the bottom of my heart, I do believe in good and evil. Mm -hmm. I, I, I haven't worked out kind of what my beliefs are necessarily, um, but I, I love, I, I find it fascinating to hear different stories from different cultures, different religions. Um, yeah. And when I piece them all together, it kind of comes back to all the same thing. It's like everyone mm -hmm. has the same deep set beliefs even though they might believe in different things you know everyone believes in I, i'd say most people believe in good most people believe in evil but yeah mm. where, where does that where does that come from i mean you having uh faith in christianity and belief in christianity uh, that it probably makes a lot of sense for you why there is good and why there is evil in the world um yeah. but as somebody who's not i i mean don't get me wrong i have faith but I don't necessarily believe, and I do believe in a, in a higher power. But I'm still on I'm on a I'm on a journey trying to discover what it is I believe personally. Yeah, yeah. and that's perfectly fine. And don't let anybody tell you it's not. <laughs> so please continue. If you've got any more stories to tell us, we'd absolutely love to hear them. Yeah, um, actually, there's there's one story I don't remember um, exactly which one it was, but one of you had a story that you were that you told in the first episode and it was about a small jailhouse yes that was uh, nigel yes yes i have a, a similar story um and i say similar because of just kind of how it happened so this one was with my cousin and uh one of my mom's sisters uh his, her son uh, Jonah, he's seen a lot of stuff as well. His brother, his his sister as well. Like I said, it's in the family. So anyway, we were at a mutual friend of ours house and um, there's an abandoned house next to it, uh, next to, to our mutual friend's house. And you know, it's just abandoned and old and there's nobody in it. It's just a bunch of trash. And um, one night, excuse me, one night we got uh, my phone. We had 
Um, our friend was next to me. I was up against the house in the window. The window's broken out. There's no glass in it. And I had my phone in, in my right hand. I had uh, our friend on my, my left and my cousin was on the far side of, of him um, away from the house. So I had my arm into the house up to my shoulder with the recorder on and I'm talking. I'm not looking. I have my eyes closed, <laughs> but I, 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 it was it was late at night and stuff, and um, I was just asking questions or whatever. And my cousin Jonah starts pulling on uh, Trey, our friend's his arm, and he's pulling on me. And eventually, he finally just yells, "Go!" and pulls as hard as he can. It kind of pulls me away, and. You know, I, I turned the recorder off and I was like, what? And he said, now, I don't know if he was pulling my leg or not, but what happened later was definitely not him pulling my leg. But anyway, he said that he saw a shadow or, or not a shadow, but a, uh, uh, I can't think of the word right now. Silhouette. Silhouette of something shuffling. And real tall, uh, broad shouldered, uh, seemed, and it seemed like it was shuffling its feet. Uh, towards me, he said, and it, as it got closer, he could see it trying to kind of reach its hand out to touch mine. And my hands inside the house, and I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. Um, and keep in mind, this is after I've seen a whole bunch of stuff, but I still was like, really, come on, man. I've never had one interact with me like that. So we go into our friend's house and we play the recording back. And um, as we're listening to it, there's nothing, there's just some static. You can hear me talking, just ambient noise. And then you hear just like a, of like shuffling. And all of us, all three of us all at once, just, we had, we had to look as, as white as a sheet of paper, just blood gone. Oh dear God. Um, But anyway, we move on from it. We hang out for a little while. We go to leave, and I had parked with my truck facing that window. It just happened to. It wasn't anything planned. We didn't even plan to do this when we went over there. And um, when we get in my truck, we turn it on. I turn the headlights on. Joan is getting in the passenger side, and I look up, and in that window I had my arm in, I see, I don't want to call it an apparition because this thing was solid. I mean, it looked as solid as, as, as you or I do right now. Um, this thing standing in, in the window, looking at me, except it was, it was too far away. I couldn't see its eyes. So, you know, when I say looking at me, I mean, it was facing me. And to paint a picture, it was one shoulder. I want to say it was the right shoulder was higher than the left. So it must have had some kind of severe scoliosis going on or something, but it was really tall. Um, I would say it was probably maybe seven feet, maybe. Um, and its head was kind of leaned over towards the shoulder that was high. Um, and it looked like it was just covered in blood, but it had like a white shirt on or white gown or something, some kind of white clothing on and I'm just staring at this thing, just, um, uh, I don't, I don't, you know, I didn't know what to say, I didn't know what to do. 
So I go, Jonah, look. And he looked up and he goes, go. I said, you see it? He said, yeah, I see it. I said, what do you see? He said, I'm telling you right now. So we took off. And I didn't want to put anything in his head. So we 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 tore out of there. Uh, we got going down the road back to his house. And I said, uh, I said, what did you see? And he explained to me what he saw. And it was the same thing that I saw. Um, that was, I want to say that would be really my second big experience. Um, I've seen a couple small things here and there, but that was my second big one next to the dresser. And that was many years apart because I was obviously uh, 16 when, when that, that one I just told happened. Um, another one was, uh, at, uh, at a church, actually, I was playing drums at that's here in town and uh, <laughs> you don't expect to see things in a church, especially one that's newer church that's um, active. It's not abandoned. It's not even the typical style of building of, of church. Um, very modern kind of church. And um, I, I, I played drums and we were finished up a set. It was about midnight and I was sitting in a, in a little corridor area that had seating for like coffee. You could sit and have coffee and stuff. Anyway, it was a long table, people sitting on both sides of it. I'm at the head of the table or somebody else at the opposite head of the table facing me. And there's a long, probably four or five, maybe six foot long rectangular mirror in front of me facing the walkway in the corridor behind me. And, um, you know, we just finished a set. So we were going to pray. We're all, praying i had my eyes open the guy to the right of me and left of me had their eyes open everybody else was closed and the guy on the other end of the table was praying and i see entering from my right this if you picture the grim reaper the cloaked head you know like a long cloak kind of deal just without the stickle or whatever they call that thing and the trim of the hood and the sleeves were gold but everything else was black no, no face that I could see. Real creepy looking. Um, passes behind me, and what struck me was not the fact that I'm seeing this thing, because at this point I had seen a lot of stuff. So I, I got to where when I saw something, it didn't really, you know, I might have a little, you know, startle, but I was fine after that. They didn't get to me. But what struck me was I could see the uh, reflection of the streetlights that were outside the window reflecting off of its hood. And I was like, this, that's weird. Um, and the second thing that struck me was how it moved. Um, I couldn't see its feet. I could only see maybe halfway down its midsection. Um, and it was this very gentle glide. There was no movement of walking. How you normally would see. And it wasn't like it was rolling on anything because it was quiet in there other than the dude talking or praying. So you would hear wheels rolling on a hardwood floor um, that was only maybe 10 feet behind me. And um, and I just watched it go across this mirror. And I'm questioning myself, like, am I really seeing this right now? And it disappears off the end of the mirror. A couple minutes later, the, 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 the other guy says, you know, amen, everybody opens their eyes. And I look at the guy to my right and to my left. And they're staring a hole in the center of the table in between us. <laughs> and, I, and I just sat there for a while. And I kind of looked back and forth to them. And I said, so uh, did anybody else? And before I could finish, they both said, yep. 
And I said, what did y'all see? And they explained to me what they saw, and it was what I had seen. Um, and I was like, that's really weird to see inside of a church. <laughs> Something like that. Um, and they could see it longer than I could. I could only see it to where the mirror ended. But because the guy to my right was actually facing the direction it was going, he was able to see it. And it just went and disappeared behind the, the doorway that was into the corridor area. And just, I guess, kept going. I don't know where it went, but that was uh, a very odd one. Um, I don't know how much more time you have. I have one more that's um, really freaky. Um, um, you, you've you got the hairs on the back of my neck standing up with that story. And if you've got a story <laughs> freaker than that, man, I'm all ears. Um, so just going back to that last one, in your yeah. initial email to us, you mentioned that you've seen demons would you describe what you saw in the church that day as as evil as a demon you know i've thought about that really hard um and i honestly i would say yeah i would say it was um and i only say that simply because of the way it looked Uh, but the confusing part to me was the gold trim that that's odd for a demon for me but um i would say that He's just bowling. Yeah, he was a very uh, well-to-do demon, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> apparently, uh, he was he was having a having a good year of the year, I guess. Um, but he uh, captured many souls. Yeah, Satan was happy with him. Um, I, I think it was though, because actually, I asked um, one of the pastors there uh, a couple of days later who saw it with me. He was one of the guys sitting there in front of me. Um, I said, w- w- what would explain that? You know, like, why would there be that in a church? And he said something very profound to me. He said, well, you know, there's no such thing as holy ground. You know, the place you're going to experience the most demons is where the most demons are set for, where most people are set free from them, which would be a church. And at the time, the church was actually going through some, uh, some leadership, um, turmoil, I guess you could say it was. Some very uncertain times, and there was a lot of unhappy people. Uh, it's since been fixed, and it's fine now. But back then, it was going through a lot, and I think that that what we saw was maybe the just the physical manifestation of all of those uh, feelings of of you know betrayal and hurt and and you know whatever else uh, just kind of manifest this thing um i think that's the best explanation i can give to it (laughs) absolutely fascinating and yeah i i couldn't agree with you more that sounds like you're on the money there uh so (laughs) dylan we've got about five minutes left if you want to share your last story we'd absolutely love to hear it Yeah. Um, so there was a point in time when my uncle was going through a lot of health stuff and he almost died a lot, uh, several times in a year. And my cousin called me one day and he said, he tried to sound so calm on the phone. He was, his parents, my aunt and uncle were in Birmingham. Um, not, not y'all's Birmingham, the city Birmingham in, in Alabama where I live. Um, it was, uh, he was down there at a hospital. Um, 
getting treatment for what he had going on. My cousin was staying home alone. We were 17, 18, I want to say. Maybe 19. Maybe. I think I was 19. Anyway, um, he called me and he tried to sound so calm on the phone. It was funny. He's, you know, I answered the phone. He goes, hey. I said, hey, how you, how you doing? I said, yeah, I'm good. So what are you doing? So I'm, I'm driving down the road. He goes, cool. Um, you uh, you want to spend the night tonight? I was like, I can. What's going on? And he said, I'll tell you when you get here. Just, just, just get here as fast as you can. I said, okay. So I told my parents, I was like, hey, I'm going to spend the night with Jonah. And, and uh, he said, okay. So I went over there and I got there. And um, he told me what was going on. And he said he would come home. And every picture of their family would either be face down or in the floor. Every cabinet door would be open, you know, um, and there would even be like they had the, the, the plaster, I guess, uh, bookends, the whole books of like a horse or a cat or a dog, you know, whatever. Fairly decent size, pretty heavy. And uh, they'd be in the floor and um, and he would hear things. He would hear stuff moving around. Now, they had a lot of cats and stuff so i was like well that's probably what that is um but anyway we you know we're, we're talking about everything and, and i didn't tell him what i thought it was um but i wanted to know what all happened what all he experienced and he said well a few a few you know this has been going on for a few weeks he said and right before it started he said i woke up one night just out of a dead sleep again you know how that goes and he heard the porch swing swinging and so he went into the living room and looked out of the, the living room window out to the front porch where the porch swing was. And there was a little girl on the porch swing, just swinging, just minding her business. And he's like, what? It's like three o'clock in the morning. What are you, do what are you doing? And um, I think he went and knocked on the window or he did something. And she looked at him. And when she looked at him, her eyes were just solid black. And so he was like, nope. So he went. Went back to bed and he's like, I ain't dealing with this. And he went to sleep. Um, so then all this other stuff started happening. So then that's when I get over there and he, you know, we spend a while in there. It gets to be dark. And he says, I need to get out of the house. Do you just want to, you know, let's just go to Walmart or something and just, just calm down. You just kind of get away. So yeah, sure. So we got in the truck. We went to Walmart, hung out for a little bit, not long, came back. And Jonah was in front of me walking into the house. And as I'm walking up to go in, I hear him go, oh man like that i said what and i walk in and once again everything is open the book in the bookends are on the floor the pictures are on the floor all this kind of stuff and so we go into his room we're watching tv and i tell him i'm like do you know what this i think this is he said what and i said i'm pretty sure this is a demon and he kind of sank his head and he said like it's kind of what i figured but when we said that and I'm not kidding. When we said that, or directly across the hall was the bathroom. And I don't know why it chose to do this, but I heard the click of a switch going up and then the exhaust fan in the bathroom came on. And Jonah goes, he just kind of sighed. I said, what? He said, that's what it keeps doing. It just keeps turning crap on. And I said, all right, go outside. Just go outside, smoke a cigarette, whatever you want to do, just go outside. And so then it was just me in the house. And I started in his room and I just started praying. Um, very simple prayers. It's, you don't have, you know, it didn't have to be um, hard. 
And I just said, you know, I just prayed. And each room that I prayed in, I could hear it in another room just rustling around. And it was down, they had a basement, so I had to go down in the basement, which was not fun. Um, <laughs> creepy. You know, prayed through there. I had to go through every single room until I finally felt like it was gone. And every room, so I'd pray in one room, and then the next bedroom, I could hear it. And it's not like a, a cat messing with stuff. This was like, you know, I don't know if you can hear good, but it was like, you know, hefty things hitting walls and, and stuff. Like, it was not happy. And chased it through the house. And uh, basically, I, didn't, I never saw anything on that one, um, but I, I felt it. But uh, finally got it all out. And then um, I said, all right, you can come back in. And Jonah came back in and he was like, it, it feels lighter. It doesn't feel as heavy. And it did. It felt completely different. It felt like, a, like, like it did when we were growing up. Um, and uh, it was, that was an exciting one. Uh, that was a very, that was a long, it took most of the night to, to do all that. I'm shortening it up for time, but it, it, it took most of the night to do that one. So firstly, I'm sorry to hear about your uncle and um, I hope he's doing much better now. He is. He's good. Brilliant. Brilliant. Awesome. Um, it certainly sounds like a poltergeist or demon to me uh, from everything that I've heard over the years. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and there is so much power in, in prayer, even as a, someone that's not religious, I believe prayer yeah. has such a profound impact on these kinds of situations. And just our everyday life as well. Uh, just mm -hmm. having belief, having faith, I think ha has power in that itself. Um, Dylan, like you seem like a rational, well-spoken and sensible guy. And I can't thank you enough for taking the time to come on the podcast. Uh, this paranormal malarkey isn't for everyone. And, you know, it can lead to ridicule and, you know, mm -hmm. just people taking the mick. But clearly your experiences are too much to just keep to yourself. So thank you for sharing this with our audience. Most people's experiences with the paranormal are just a one-off, but it sounds like you've had plenty and they probably aren't going to stop anytime soon. So if anything else does happen, please do keep us updated and we'll have you back on in a heartbeat. Awesome. I would love it. I have a lot more stories. I just wanted to give you the highlights. <laughs> okay, man. Amazing. We'll, we'll get you on another episode in the next couple of months. I'd absolutely love to hear more. Yeah, I'd love it. And I get some of the people that uh, experience these things with me on maybe if I can. That'd be great, dude. Amazing. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for having me. Thank you, buddy. It was lovely to meet you. You too.